right, and welcome back to the Gratitude and Grit podcast hosted by Nick Prohaska and Brad Hokinson. Nick, how we doing? Awesome. How are you? Good. It's the first time we've been together in a while. It's been a while. It feels great. Like So I, I suppose I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> really excited. Yeah. And uh, so the gym just opened back up here uh, since last time. So last time we did the podcast was for the Murph workout. Yes. And then we kind of had the the opening, and now we have mm-hmm. kind of, I would say, the full opening, right? Yes. Um, there are still people at home, and that's fine. That's great. We're still giving them workouts and accountability at home, but uh, there's a lot of people in the gym, um, and we're doing things the right way, and the energy is high, and, and just, yeah, a lot of smiling, a lot of happy people. It's yep. it's really cool. I am definitely one of them. I would say it yeah. has been <laughs> fantastic to get back into the gym and we've we've been back for a couple weeks now, about two weeks. But this week, um, which we're recording this second uh, of June, so Tuesday, um, yesterday was my first day back at work, and so it was nice to have the routine of actually going to work and then going to to the gym and get yeah. a workout and getting done. So I felt like a normal human being yesterday for the first time in about three months. <laughs> That's good. That's uh, I. <laughs> We got to write these feelings and like these things down. I mean, cause we'll, we'll soon forget the, the novelty of yeah. the experiences that we're having, whether it's the novelty of the first day back at work or the novelty of homeschooling the kid, you know, everything that has ha- been happening. Um, I, I hope we don't forget it. And I, I know I won't, um, but, but I'm documenting just a lot of things. So Awesome. So today we're going to do something a little different uh, on the podcast. Um, so I recently listened to a podcast with uh, Jim Rome, who some of you might know from the sports world. He's a world famous uh, sports caster, um, and he has an absolutely fantastic podcast um, that I would definitely recommend everyone check out if they get a chance. Um, but he recently did one. It's, it's episode 117 with uh, Trevor Moad. Uh, it aired on February 19th of this year, and you can find that on Jim Rome's uh, link. But Trevor is a an author, and he has a book that's out right now, and he's kind of making the way through um, the podcast community and a lot of the people that I, I listen to. So I've heard him now talk a few times, and I think Jim Rome probably has the better um, uh, interview with him um, and really gets him talking. But his whole concept is doing simple better, uh, going from average to great, uh, minimizing negativity, and mastering neutral thought. And so that's kind of what his book's about. Um, he references in the in the podcast with Jim that, you know, his dad was around to kind of start this whole positive thinking, uh, chicken soul, um, you know, program and books. Um, so he's definitely grown up in it and it has a lot of good thoughts. So what we're going to do is um, we took kind of the three key segments uh, from the interview that they've done and we're going to talk and kind of give you our thoughts on them. Yeah. Different structure. I'm excited about it. I obviously have listened to the podcast and, uh, yeah, it's good to listen and then reflect on it and then see how it, it applies to me and, and to you and to anyone or everyone in our community. So, uh, I hope this, I hope this structure is good and I'm, I kind of look forward to seeing where we take this. Awesome. I think we're talking process. I think we're talking discipline. 
and you hear, and, and Trevor, I talk to coaches every single day of my life, and they constantly, I, I can't have a conversation with a coach on any level that doesn't talk about process and culture. And then, which brings me to this, in, like, in your experience as a mental conditioning expert, do what do most athletes and coaches think about this notion of mental conditioning? Like, are they really hungry for it? Are they eager for it? Do they understand it? Or, or maybe do they think, you know what, if that guy's weak, we will weed him out and find somebody else who can do it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a great question. What I would tell you, Jim, is 18 years ago, 19 years ago, mental conditioning was the future of sports. And 19 years later, it's still the future of sports. <laughs> which right. means it never really had a present. I, I, I think the way an NFL team looks at it is it's the player's responsibility to get themselves right. And you and I both know there's an infinite, infinite supply of talent. So if you can't make the standard, they just get rid of you. Uh, I think where I've been able to survive in this industry is taking a look at, at sports psychology probably differently. What I've seen over the years is, is it's not uh, trying to be positive that's the real challenge. Players... Their number one struggle is negativity, and all we really focus on is learning how to get rid of negativity. And negativity is carried most pervasively by your language. When I'm, when I'm complaining, when I'm talking about the heat, when I'm saying what we say in the book, stupid things out loud, and when I learn how to just minimize the negativity, what I'm watching, my, my Twitter feed, what I'm listening to, I'm not talking about do anything hard but just minimize those elements, minimize what I say out loud, and minimize the negativity, it gives me a much better opportunity to succeed. But what I think is that the self-help industry's never been able to get out of its own way. I mean, you know, my dad was one of the first authors in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jim, so I've grown up in this my whole life, and the message has always been a little touchy-feely, the power of positive thinking, how do we meditate, those aren't things that I teach or talk about, but that's all you think about when you hear about this industry. So I think there's two things that have sort of stunted it. A, there's no reason for coaches to employ it because they, they believe, they don't think about making great players greater. Um, they, they, they hope the great players just sustain that standard. That's where I think a Nick Saban's different. Uh, and I think the second thing is the industry of, self-help and sports psychology and life coaching and all those things has never really found a stable way to describe it. And so usually in positive thinking, so anecdotal, you don't know if it works. But what I found out that does work, and the Mayo Clinic proves it, is negative thinking does work. So it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just been an industry that's really struggled to find a way to label itself. All right, so it makes sense to me, but I know what you're teaching. But let me put this in the form of a question so people listening understand exactly what you're saying. What's more critical, Trevor, in your mind, to be more positive or to be less negative? To be, to be less negative, and it's not even close. If you were never positive, Jim, if you were never positive but learned how to be less negative, it would change people's lives. And, it, and, and, and what we found is negativity is almost a multiple of four to seven times more powerful than positivity. And that just goes back to hard wiring. You know, and, and I learned a lot of this by trial and error and what messages are going to work with SEC athletes or not. Um, and then when we verbalize negativity, uh, it, it's a carrier by a factor of ten. So when I'm speaking negative things out loud, I'm increasing the influence that they could happen to me by 40 to 70 times. 
All right, so saying it out loud is even worse than thinking it. Let me ask you this then. Is neutral thinking more important than positive thinking? I, I believe so. And, and, and the way I thought about it always was like a car, you know, that a car can't go from backwards to forwards without going to neutral, finding this middle ground. But the idea of neutral, which I think resonates with, will resonate with you, and it certainly has resonated with our athletes, All right, so we just listened to the first segment, um, which talks a lot about negative thinking, positive thinking, and neutral thinking. So what was your takeaway from that segment, Nick? Uh, There's a lot there, right? um, I think I could probably go down a rabbit trail with how this applies to life and, and everything that we do, family and work and everything. So trying to just keep it, succinct to the gym and, and what that means in our workouts and, and how it impacts our f- health and our fitness. It, it really causes me or, or sparks me to do a lot of self-reflection on myself uh, when it comes to, yeah, what am I thinking? Whether that's in a workout, uh, what am I thinking in those moments of challenge and struggle and I'm breathing hard and I you know, not wanting to be in that moment of, of struggle or um, choosing food, right? Where, you, where you're thinking about and w- what food you're choosing and why you're choosing it and then what you're telling yourself about that food, that food choice. So it, it it's interesting to me because it's not necessarily a message that I've grown up hearing or that we hear a lot, right? There, there is so much out there. You've got to think positive and you have to be and, and turn positive. And there is merit to that. Like I, I do think there is a, a time and a place to be positive, but what, what Trevor's talking about, I think really hits home. You, you can't, you know, if you're looking at a spectrum of negativity is on your far left and hyper positive is far right it's not logical to be able to jump from negative thoughts far left to super positive far right. You know, if this is just a spectrum or a line, you you need to minimize that negative thought by moving towards neutral. Uh, So I get that. I I understand that, but man, how hard now it's like, how hard is this? And what, what impact does it really have? I I think it's just, you really got to sit and, be really in tune with yourself. I wonder how many people are that uh, self-aware to, to sit with themselves and say, man, that I'm really having negative thoughts. What can I do about it? Or more importantly, I'm having negative thoughts. What impact is that having in my life? Right. You know, it's in, in the gym, right. Specifically or, or fitness or health, like if you're approaching a workout with negativity, oh, I really don't like doing power cleans and wall balls. Oh, I just, I, I don't want to be here, but I got to show up and I got to do it. That attitude will affect your performance. And, and it might only be 1%, it might be 5%, but it might be 10, 20, 15, who knows, percent. So if you multiply that out by every little workout, every little movement over time, What's the impact? Um, and it just poses a really big question for me. So it's it's really interesting to think about. Yeah, I definitely like the concept of neutral thinking. 
Um, before it's always been, I think more positive talk and, and negative talk. And I'm definitely on the negative side of things. I generally, whenever I talk to myself, it's from a negative standpoint. Cause you, you always think of that as like, I'm pushing myself to get better. I'm pushing to try harder, you know, sure, so I'm going to yeah. talk bad to myself in order to push myself. But that's what he's saying. Negative is worse than, you know, positive or neutral talk. Mm-hmm. So definitely I, I take from that. I need to cut that out a little bit. Um, but if in the same sense, if you're a positive person, um, as to your analogy, if you're a super positive person, then maybe just tone that down a little bit. But I think it's, I like the concept of neutral. I like your concept of, you know, working out and how you think about it. That's one reason why I don't ever look at the workouts prior Mm. because I don't want to develop any sort of thoughts about this project, you know, this workout, you know, whether I'm going to like it or I'm going to hate it or whether I'm good for it or whether I'm not, because I feel like I've done CrossFit long enough that you never know how you're going to perform in Mm -hmm. that given workout because some you really like and some they just bite you from the beginning. Yeah. But if you do run into a challenge, don't immediately turn that to a negative. Just say, I'm here, I'm working out, I'm enjoying it. Let's just stay in the moment and we'll just keep grinding away. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. Um, yeah, because people out there look at the workouts a week and we put them up a week in advance. So people will have the opportunity to look at it, but it then plants that seed of, well, what do you think about that workout? Because you, you you don't just look at it with neutral thoughts. You have some sort of thought about it. And how often is it skewed negative? And and, and then again, you got to ask yourself the question, what does that do long term? Like mm-hmm. if you're looking at a, wor- a week's worth of five workouts and all five of them, there's some sort of little negative thing in there. Well, now you don't there's a negative tone to every single workout that you're going to do that week. So yeah. And you're never going to push yourself to do better because exactly. you have a negative connotation to that. It's like socially, if you go to a work function or you go to a party and you say, this is going to suck, mm-hmm. I don't want to go, you know, why am I going this type of stuff? Right. There's pretty much zero chance that when you actually go to it, that you're going to, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of relax and actually have fun there. Of course, you know, but if, yeah, in the same sense, if it's New Year's Eve and you say this is going to be the greatest night of my life, then <laughs> it's probably not going to be the greatest night of your life. So it's just, I think again, the neutral mindset, I, I, I really, I really like that message a lot. I do too. That's, that's powerful. I mean, it, it, again, I think it's critical that we just analyze our, our thoughts, right. And how hard is that? I and mean, it's hard. It takes a little bit of energy, but once you become aware of it, uh, then you can, have an impact on and, and make changes you know again we i think we all know inherently like you don't want to be a negative person like 100 percent negative so how do you pull the negativity out of your life and it it all starts with the thoughts that you're having and and what value you're applying to situations or or things awesome all right so let's go into the next segment How often do we talk to ourselves, and generally, what are those conversations like, and what kind of an impact do they have? Well, you know, the the data suggests somewhere between 800 to 1,400 words a minute, uh, and it could be thousands of things we say to ourselves inside our mind, not out loud. And and I always ask people, you know, do you ever find yourself talking to yourself, and half the hands go up and half of them don't. And I say the ones that don't, you know, right now you're asking yourself, do I talk to myself as you talk to yourself? 
and, and we're constantly having this conversation. This is what I found out, and this is being with these guys the night before national championships, sitting, sitting down in the team room, watching video, kind of putting our, our psychological plan together. Those internal words, it's okay if they're all over the place. Nobody really has those down perfectly. And that's what kind of what meditation, some of those things go after. How do I change what I'm saying in my mind? It's not very powerful, Jim, actually. So, and a lot of times, for a lot of people, it's negative. It's what we say out loud that, that really reinforces it, that makes it real. So, um, you know, Bill Buckner, the, the, the great baseball player um, who passed away recently, is remembered for his, uh, in 1986, he lets the game-winning run score on a ground ball through his legs versus the Mets, which ultimately, you know, would give the Mets the World Series. Now, what people don't know is, is 12 days before that World Series starts, he does an interview and says, I don't want to be the guy to let the game-winning run score on a ground ball through my leg. Mm. Right? Like, so he, by externalizing he that, he literally articulated probability. it. Right, I'm sorry. He, he literally articulated it. He didn't just he literally think it. Articulated. He said it. He literally articulated it. And, and, and that, to me is if people could just manage what they said out loud, that's where Russell's incredible. You'll never hear Russell saying negative things out loud, but he's not a Pollyanna. You know, so he just really minimizes negativity. What we watch, what we consume, what we listen to, um, you know, all those things. Uh, what, music, you know, I mean, look, if you're going to be great, it takes intentionality. So who controls what you listen to in your car? You do. Who controls who you call on the phone? You do. Who controls what you say out loud? You do. And if, you know, if I'm down with Jordan Palmer getting guys ready for the draft and we have these young guys, you know, what they consume on the Internet in advance of the draft is really powerful too because what has influence over you in many parts is whatever you give influence over you. All right, Nick. So we just finished that segment on self-talk and what we say out loud. So what's kind of your take on that? Uh I furiously wrote down notes. <laughs> I don't know if I got it all uh, during that time. But the, one of the first things he says in that section is that nobody has it down perfectly. So, and he was, I, I believe he was referring to the, the inner monologue, the things that we're telling ourselves. So, and I know we just talked in the previous section about asking ourselves, what are we thinking about and what are we telling ourselves, you know, put that layer of grace on it and say, Hey, no one has this down perfectly. And he's talking about pro athletes and things. So no one has the self-talk down perfectly, but then he goes into talking externally, the things that we, the things that come out of our mouth and the power of that, what we say out loud makes things real. And he gave an example of a, a baseball player that spoke that, um, <laughs> And that's so true in, in our environment too. And let's just, again, keep it into the gym. But if you walk into the gym and look at the whiteboard and you say, that workout's going to be terrible. And you say it out loud to somebody, you know, maybe you and I are coming to the whiteboard and you just look at me like, it's going to be a terrible workout. Well, there's a good chance for you that now you just said that into existence. You're going to have a terrible experience or maybe it won't be terrible, but it's not going to be not going to be enjoyable. It won't be enjoyable. And it, and it probably isn't even going to be neutral. Yeah. Right. You know, if we go back to that negative, neutral, positive, like if you just say that's going to be terrible or, uh, Oh, we're snatching today. I suck at snatches. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> like and even, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even if you're 
mentally thinking about it internally, right? You're, if you're internally thinking about it, just saying it out loud. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll, I'm victim of that. I'll say it out loud at the whiteboard to kind of make a little bit of a joke, mm-hmm. you know, break the tension, but I'm also kind of saying that sure. too. Yeah. I, I would say that with snatches. I would be totally. like, oh, I don't want to do today's work. <laughs> I, I mean, nobody has it down perfectly, right? The, yep. the, the external language. And, and I'm sure guilty of that too, but it's interesting how we do downplay the negativity through jokes and through kind of that tongue in cheek, like, right. Oh, this is, it's an, it's an awful workout. Well, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Well, what like, okay. I mean, that's, it's fun banter, but really is that serving us in the, the ultimate purpose of, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get fit or I'm trying to lose weight. Like this is, I'm here for a reason. I'm not here to just survive a terrible experience. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, no, I like that. I think this just kind of hit me because you, a lot of times during class, you'll be like, so how was your guys' day? Or what was the one positive thing that happened throughout the day? <laughs> and a lot of times we'll just not answer your There's question. Nothing. Yeah. And I feel bad for you for doing that. Um, That's fine. But it would just, again, just reflect on something simple. It doesn't yeah. have to be tongue in cheek and it doesn't have to have a negative connotation. Just mm-hmm. be like, I just had a good day. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a little bit of neutral thinking. It's not sure. Pollyanna. But it would just be, I had a really good day today. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to doing this workout. Right. And I think just that simple kind of mind shift, you know, even if maybe you're not excited about the workout, but you would say, yeah, maybe it's going to be challenging, but this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. I came here to work out. Yeah. I Taking that, that inner monologue again, where nobody's great or perfect at it. And in your brain, you're saying, well, this is going to be really hard or I'm not good at this workout. And you just, in your brain, you're telling yourself that. But if you can, before you spit that out and make a joke out of it, it it could be, it's going to be a challenge. We're going to do it. Yeah. Neutral, right? Like it, it, state the fact it's a challenge. We're going to do it. Period. Right. Right. You know, snowball that over weeks and months and years of, of shifting that you that acknowledgement of I'm having this negative thought I think this thing's experience this workout's going to be terrible before I just let my mouth go with it's going to be terrible I just hit the pause button and say something neutral could you know could have a ton of power right and he says in there he says if you're going to be great it takes intentionality and that's exactly what that is taking your thought hitting the pause button before you speak something and that's being intentional with your words then and putting it out there. You know, I would say you you could replace that phrase, be great. If you are going to be great, you could, if you're going to change your life, if you're going to lose 10 pounds, if you're going to get in shape, it takes intentionality, you know, insert blank. And maybe you're not trying to be the, the greatest, fittest person, but if you're trying to do, blank well it takes intentionality man that you know that's probably a whole different podcast but that's that's yeah, I think the, it, the essence of it yeah and if anything it maybe applies to us mere mortals more because this is not our job right this is not our number one purpose right so he's talking about football players and baseball mm-hmm. players i mean that's their life is to perform at that level right we're all working and then we're coming to work out so we can number one enjoy it, number two feel better, get in shape, all those things. Sure. So, if anything, cut yourself a little slack and absolutely you know, just show up as as part of the challenge and enjoy it. Absolutely, we don't yeah. have to be perfect 
uh, mental warriors <laughs> because we're all CrossFit <laughs> athletes or something. Right. Yeah. I don't think that expectation is there, but I think that the awareness, you know, just we talk about this in the gym all the time or I coach this way. It's like, Hey, you got to be aware of your squat mechanics before you can change it. You have to be aware of how you're breathing before you can change it. it the tone of that, the foundation of that is being intentional with it, knowing that improving said squat or breathing mechanic or the words that come out of your mouth, those have an impact on your progress and on your health and their, you know, your fitness. So super powerful. Right? Yeah. I love it's it. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. All right. So let's go into the final segment, uh, which is, um, them wrapping up the conversation and Trevor providing us four takeaways that we can actually apply right here and now. So let's listen to what he has to say. It makes sense to me. So a final thought then, Trevor, in terms of business people or just like normal, uh, average people, if somebody is listening, and we did touch on this, but if somebody is listening and they're just not satisfied with being ordinary or being average, what are a couple of critical things that they can focus on immediately to enhance or improve performance? Great question. I think number one, listen to your external language. Just start to monitor what you say out loud, and is it the type of language that's predictive of, of driving you where you want to be? And if it's not, just stop. I'm not asking you to, to make the language perfect. I'm just stop the negative language. I think probably the second thing is, you know, uh, this idea of conscious competency. When I work with the Jaguars, we used to talk about this with Coach Coughlin. What is it that drives success in what it is you want to do? whether it's running, whether it's business, whether it's parenting, whether whatever it is, what are those? Break that down to the subcomponents. Uh, break that down to the subcomponents and then identify where am I at relative to doing those things. And I, and I think probably the third thing, um, you know, I think the third thing is ultimately, you know, just it, having a plan. You know, think about what it is that you want to do and then ask yourself the question, why am I not there right now? And, and, and what's standing between me and getting there. And just really some basics and start writing down kind of what I want, what it looks like to get it. But I'm not asking you to, to go on top of a mountain and meditate. You know, I'm, I'm asking you to listen to your language and, and, and really think about have you, have you broken success down uh, or studied it from other people in your office that are getting it that have what you don't have. Um, and this isn't about money. This is really about about maximizing the gifts. And I think my last point, Jim, would be use what you have. A lot of times the world measures us by who we're not. Russell, you're not 6'3". You don't have this speed. You don't have that. Where Russell Wilson's focus is always using what he does have. So if, if I'm 5'11 and I went to Occidental College and these are the gifts I have, I'm responsible for using those gifts. I recognize I may not be Tony Robbins. I may not be other things to other people but I got to use the gifts that I have. And I think that that's what you see. The best teams are maximizing that best LSU or that best Alabama or that the Gauchos in a particular season. They're using what they have based on the talent they have. Am I using what I have right now? And I think that's a great question for uh, the clones or for anybody, you know, really throughout your audience to listen to. Trevor, in other words, it's self-actualization, right? Play the hand you're dealt. How many people are getting near 
for reaching near full potential, getting nearly 100% out of what they have. Instead of spending all our time thinking about what we don't have, we're not yep. big enough, we're not strong enough, we're not smart enough. Yeah, but you're not even playing with, you're not even at 70% of your own capacity. Is that not what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, Jim. And I think the other point I would make is think about what you could not do right now that might help you. What I could not watch, what I could not consume, who I could not hang out with, who I could not call. Sometimes the things we're willing not to do make the biggest changes in our lives as well. And they get us closer to that element of self-actualization, which is just, just, just you know, winning today relative to myself. But it starts with that reset, which is basically, you know, if I don't have what I want, um, then I'm accountable for why I don't have it. But if I want it, and I'm willing to make some adjustments, if who I am going forward is going to be determined by what I do today, not what I did six days ago. In other words, it's simple, it's just not easy. Correct. And Trevor, one last thought, you said this, this resonated with me. You, what you've said is, you don't want to be one year down the road and wish that you did not start today, correct? Yes, I mean, that. The, my, my favorite statement is a year from now, you might wish you started today. Right. And, and, and so if I'm listening to this, you know, because to me, I think the concepts that you and I have just been talking about for 45 minutes are a lot less about Russell Wilson and great athletes and Michael Phelps and, and uh, you know, Mia Hamm and, and those types of people, and, and really more about choices and decisions. And, and if you, if you want to be good, you don't really have choices and decisions. You're either going to do it or, or you're not going to do it. So I think that this is the point. If, if, if I'm listening to this and it's February 18th or 19th and I, I want something different, or if I'm already really good, Jim, and I want to add more because you don't need to be sick to get better. So if, if I'm already really good, but, but how, if I want more, am I willing to, to give a little bit more? Or can I get more by doing a little bit less and being more strategic? So that was a pretty powerful segment. I think they did a really good job of kind of wrapping that uh, yeah. episode up. And so there was a lot there yep. with the four takeaways um, that Trevor left with us. So what kind yeah. of stuck out with you on that? Um, I need to take notes. I need to not listen to podcasts while I'm driving yeah. <laughs> so that I can actually take notes. So if you're driving right now and you're like, holy smokes, that was good, re-listen to it when you can take notes because there's, there's, there's a lot of power to that. So kind of the, the first part of those, some of those points, and I know he said four points, but I wrote down, I don't know, six for sure, maybe a seventh, but you know, we've talked obviously the past few few minutes here about your words and the importance of listening to your external words specifically, and then you know filtering that, and then the conscious competency and what drives success, and you got to be able to plan and analyze that, and then you know the third point was actually have a plan, um, and his fourth point was using gifts. So it it's kind of a a, a blueprint, if you will, of just how do you take a look at your current situation and how do you make a plan to move forward? Um, the, the thread that he doesn't really talk about and what the thread that I see, and you may not see this and you know, there, there's a, a bunch of points to talk about, but that stuff is super hard to do on your own. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to, it's really hard to know how to plan and what the plan should be. Um, you, you need some accountability and you, you need help. And uh, that's not a plug for a coach. That's just a plug for 
bouncing your ideas off of somebody else, a friend, a spouse, and it can be a coach and it might need to be a coach specifically if it's fitness and health related, but you know, you might not have the conscious competency. You might not know actually what drives success. You want to lose 10 pounds. You may, you may think you know, but maybe you really don't know or you're like, man, I just want to, a year from now, I want to be in a lot better shape. Like you, you might not actually know what the, the, the plan is um, or what, what you have in your head might not actually be, be what is going to drive the, the success. So um, creating that plan and having someone who knows you to, to say, hey, you know, he said use what you have. What are your gifts? Are you using those gifts? Someone close to you has to be able to speak into your life and provide some feedback and say, Hey, yeah, these are your gifts. Do you agree? Yes. I have, you know, whatever those gifts are. Um, how can you use them more? So the, the thread that I see with that is holy smokes, how it's critical. But, but the point is you got to have some other, somebody else involved in that process with you. It can't be a solo mission. Just wait, you set yourself up for a failure, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to you talk there, I just had a kind of a completely different spin on it. You know, you keep hearing the word plan, you know, analyze what drives success and it's really almost goal setting, right? Which we've talked a lot about. Definitely. But I like the concept of what drives success, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're, you're sitting there and you have to actually consciously sit there and think, okay, what drives success in order to achieve that goal? So I like that performance aspect of it. And then the other thing I really like is you have what you have. And what I like about that is there's some, it's a humble feeling. Um, A lot of times when we set goals or when we think about getting better, we have this ideal that's in our head, right? Sure. And that that ideal is almost too perfect. Uh And so if you say, well, I'm going to start, here's my goals to get better. Here's my goals to do a, a ring muscle up. So then I imagine, you know, somebody that can do 50 of them in a row or yeah. I watch a YouTube video and they can crank them out one by one by one and say, why well, this is what I have. I can't do that. But my goal is to get better. I'm going to have a coach right. going to help drive a success and just start from a very humble position and then say, I'm going to work on this to get better. Yeah, absolutely. That's man. That's, that's gratitude and grit right there. All boiled and all boiled down into the, the true essence of it. But yeah, it, it, creates or it it forces a little bit of humility in yourself and and some honesty to say hey this is where i'm at and this is what i have and this is what i'm good at um and you got to use it you know plain and simple it just has to be used so um i really liked and if we can keep going a little bit but I, i really liked his next point he says what can i not do yeah essentially what can i give what can i give up uh, and again, I would, you know, I, through the lens that I was seeing this, it's like what you need to give up may not be what you think you need to give up or what you th- think the plan is. You might not need to add something into, you, you might just need to get rid of something. Yeah, the the easy, the, the low hanging fruit there is, well, yeah, you need to stop drinking soda and you got to stop drinking a bunch of alcohol and you got to whatever, put the ice cream away and give that stuff up. But I think there's some more nuance in there where it's like, what else can you give up that will move the needle? And he made some other points like, what do we consume and do we consume it responsibly? And 
And what impact does that have? It's like, well, hey, maybe I need to give up, insert that specific app on your phone. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, social media could be television, right? Could you be could, anything. You could stop consuming stuff that it really is not moving you to that better ideal. Exactly. Yeah. What What can you give up? And and again, I, I don't think that happens in a vacuum in your head, and you just determine it with your own grit that says, "Hey, I got to give up this thing because that's best for me." Maybe, maybe there's something else that somebody else can speak to you. So, um, I think his last or the last point that I took away from that was that. What, what did he say? He said, a year from now. You're going to wish you started today. I'm, yeah, you're, I might wish that I started today. Man, if you if you sit with that for a, a minute and and just let that kind of resonate and, and rumble through, that's so true, right? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a play on a, a Chinese proverb, right? The best day to plant a tree was whatever. Yes, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. but the best, the best the next best time is today, today or tomorrow, whatever it is. But yeah, you know that one. <laughs> well, I just, it's funny. I was just listening to Bergeron's podcast and he actually said that Did he? the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And if you didn't do it, today is the best day. Today's the best day. It's true. It's, it, it's true. So what do we do? Right. Like, yeah. And I think the other thing too, that would be is you would, so I would have a negative mindset to say, why am I not doing this? Why am mm-hmm. I not doing that? So you start with a place of negativity, sure. negative self-talk, and just let that go and say, okay, today's the day I'm going to start and I'm going to move forward yeah. with a different attitude. Right. So don't beat yourself up because you are you know, overweight or you have a bad habit or you don't exercise enough. Say, it is what it is. Yes. This is what I have, right? It's what Use I have. Use what you have and move forward. Move forward with intentionality. Absolutely. Yep. It doesn't matter what did he say? Like, it doesn't matter what you did six days ago or six years ago or what you have been doing. What matters is your choice to move in a direction tomorrow or, or the next time that that decision comes up, right? You're not perfect, right? And that goes back. We've talked about this in this episode, but you're not perfect. But what, you know, are you intentional with those decisions and are you making decisions that are going to move the needle, you know, for a better version or for the same or worse, you know? Yeah. So I, I just thought that that was, that was really cool. Yeah. And that's a really cool way that you kind of summarize that with being intentional. I think it's, it all comes together and it's all about being intentional with your actions and your goals and yeah. moving forward. Completely agree. There's a lot to do. We got it. We're, Let's get to work. Well said. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. That was great. Uh, thanks I liked for coming it. over and doing the podcast. Yeah. And Let's do uh, it. Let's do something like this again. We'll do. All right. Stay tuned, everyone. Bye.